everyone. Hey, and welcome back to Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee. I want to kick off, as I always do these episodes, by saying thank you so much for listening. All the Metallica fans out there that are fucking with this show, please subscribe to the show if you're not subscribed already. Wherever you're listening on, be it YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast. Maybe you've illegally downloaded yourself Napster. I don't know. You know, I'm sure uh, I'm sure that would piss Lars off still, maybe. Who knows? But yeah, thank you. I just want to seriously say thank you to everyone that's been listening to the show. This is only the fourth episode. This is early days. We're going to be in the long run. It's going to take about three years to complete this project all together. So I appreciate you coming along so early on. Maybe you're revisiting. Maybe we've finished it. Maybe the album after Hardwired has came out and all that sort of stuff. But regardless, I want to say thank you so much. And as you've probably been aware so far, apart from the first episode, I'm always aiming to have a guest on the show here. And this episode is no different. Very much, you know, kind of Alpha Metallica at the moment is like the kind of stepchild in a certain sense to my bigger podcast, which is Battle Rap Resume. I don't know if there's any Battle Rap fans out there that listen to the show. Maybe a few fans have migrated. Basically, on that episode, I interview battle rappers. We go through their career, go through their rounds, their bars, their battles, all that good stuff. Check out the show. You know, I'm not going to sort of force it down your throat or anything, but check it out if that sounds interesting. And one of the guys that I've had on quite a few times now, always have a great chat, is uh, Dave. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. How's it going? It's it's going very well. It's going very well. And it's kind of when I've had you on Battle Rap Resume, it's kind of I guess it's kind of been similar. We've gone through battle rappers' albums. So it's kind of music criticism in a certain sense. I love doing this, mate. It's it's the most fun. Yeah, it is. It is always good. It's always good. And I don't want to make... Uh, I, it might sound like I'm making a derogatory comment, Alpha Metallica listeners, but I, but I want to, you know, pull your collar. I'm not. But in, in a certain sense, you know, Barrett Resume, as I say, is the kind of big dog in my podcast world at the moment, at least. You know, hopefully I want Alpha Metallica to dwarf it slowly. Alpha Metallica is very much the spastic child. And when I t- say the term spastic ch- child or spastic children, does that mean anything to you, Dave, in a Metallica sense? Uh weirdly yeah because the band itself the, the yeah. members have become spastic children we look at the, the way the bass players have gone that, no that, bass players actually fit in they're sort of adopted like yeah you'll do yeah 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 that, come that, here. That, 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 that's a good answer actually like, all I, is welcome as long as you've got the will we've got the yeah, way yeah 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 that that is a that is a great answer because i was testing you quite unfairly there because i didn't know this until when i got this book in about october but james hetfield and cliff burton were in like a mini band called spastic children um just around the sort of master of puppets era and i don't know i'm sure many people listening have probably got this book it's an incredible book it's by matt taylor it's called back to the front and it's basically this coffee table book this giant hardback photo journal that is the history of the master of puppets era it goes Ooh. yeah oh man it's so so good you need to pick this up if you haven't yet and it's kind of yeah. like it's a kind of um you know them recording them writing them them being on the ozzy osbourne tour it covers the cliff burton crash in fact the opening chapter is a minute by minute description of like cliff's last half hour on earth and it kind of tells you what's like, this book called it's called back to the front yeah definitely anyone listening uh definitely check this book out it's been a companion for me as we've been making all these notes for the podcast and lots of stuff but anyway loads and loads of stuff that i've learned in there and one of the things that i just kind of wanted to share with the podcast really i thought it was really interesting was spastic children so i've got a few quotes here just before we dig into our say anger song and um the first quote comes from ray burton who is cliff's father and ray said there was another group that cliff was involved in at the time with james and fred cotton gosh he'd come home and tell such funny stories about the goofy songs 
songs they composed. And then James would say of the band, quote, Spastic Children was a side project that started with James McDaniel and my buddy Fred Cotton, who basically lived in a van outside our house. I played drums, Fred uh, Flunk was on guitar, and Fred sang. Our only protocol was that you weren't allowed to practice, and before each gig you had to be so drunk that you could barely stand. We were a mess, but it was a relief from the stress of Metallica. It was back to clubs, back to just having fun without taking anything too seriously. And in the book itself, uh, Back to the Front, there's loads of pictures of them. It's great to see them kind of circa 86, master era, James on drums, Cliff on bass, that sort of stuff. And apparently some of their song titles were I Like Farts and Dirtbag Baby. So, you know... That's a world beater, them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people Quite said... a common theme in metal bands is to have a side project that has absolutely no relation to anything that's just about getting drunk and having fun. That's true, actually. That's Most true. metal bands, Metallica have one. Slipknot had a ton. Uh, I think there's four or five still going. Their, their clown drummer guy has one. Uh... Faith No More have a ton of side projects like Mr. Bungle. Yes. Quite a common thread. Yes, that's true. And I mean, in a less metal sense, I'm aware that R.E.M. and Green Day both do those sort of things as well. So, yeah, I guess it does make sense, that kind of, that kind of alter ego sort of thing. And um, finally, they had an interview with a friend of the band, Harold Omian, who said that, um, talking about one of the Spastic Children gigs, of which there's no footage. I, I scoured YouTube hoping to be a bootleg, but it was just kind of this kind of jokey thing that, you know, not many people, I didn't, you know, I didn't know about this. I'm sure diehards did, but I didn't know about it until recently. Yeah, I mean, I mean, why would you? It's in the back of this hardback book, incredible book, by the way back to the front harold says quote cliff started playing this really funny sounding bass one night fred looked at me and started singing my name is harold i've got one ball i pick up guys at the shopping mall he just made up he just made up these drunken lyrics about me and it stuck my name's harold i'm a dick i make women hella sick they called it the barrel of harold o and it became the high point of spastic children gigs i was honored they'd have a song about me i get up and dance around the stage i never realized how insulting it was until i heard it sober so, so yeah, spastic children, you know, I mean, I want to just um, re-emphasize Alpha Metallica, what we're aiming for here. It's not kind of like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and do an encyclopedia of Metallica. I just want to kind of go in depth with the songs, in depth with the history, point out stuff you might not be aware of. And spastic children was one of the things I wasn't aware of. And I want to, you know, encourage as well. This show is about community as, as Metallica is, Metallica family they always talk about. I want people to engage with the show. I want you to comment on the YouTube videos. I want you to email me as well. That's Metallica. Metallicapod at gmail.com I want to hear about the songs that we've covered, your opinions on the songs, your opinions on the show, you know, anything you've got to do about Metallica. In fact, just yesterday Dave, I don't know if you're aware, Metallica kicked off their North American tour in Baltimore I've seen. I've yeah, seen. I have yeah. a friend who lives in Baltimore is very excited about oh it. Oh my god, man! They're doing like they're doing arena shows. They're playing free shows a week. I was on their website today, and they are going to the biggest of the big. You know, they're going to like the New York Giants Stadium and, yeah, and like the, time. just like just like open air, like Wembley type things. So I want to say as well, if you're listening to this show and you're going to any of the shows, please email in metallicapod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your review. I'd love to hear your experiences. You know that that would be great. And uh, very happy happily received an email actually which was great and i just want to get into that email the first ever bit of fan mail to alf Metallica. but before i do that i want to big up a podcast a good friend of the show i want to big up um clinton ethan they're from metal up your podcast i'm sure if you listen to this podcast you're aware of them they are a premier premier metallica podcast when i first started this show quite a while back now maybe four or five months ago and i was doing the initial plannings for it i was looking i was thinking there must be a metallica podcast like you know such a giant band podcast is so great there must be and i couldn't find any i don't know for what 
why, but I couldn't find any. And it was only when I started recording these episodes, maybe recording about two or three weeks before they actually dropped, I was doing a bit more research, and I came across Metal Up Your Podcast, which is a fully dedicated Metallica podcast. Absolutely fantastic podcast. It's slightly different um, to this one, as this, you know, we're going song by song, episode by episode sort of thing. They work a bit more generally. I mean, they're just as in-depth, but the two guys who are like, you know, session, season musicians as well, great, great insight, awesome chemistry, love those guys. They will say they'll do an episode on the Black Album or an episode on Cliff Burton or they'll review a classic show. And, you know, I really want to point you guys, obviously if you listen to this, you like Metallica, you like podcasts, it's going to be right up your alley. But if you haven't checked them out yet, it's Metal Up Your Podcast, definitely go on there. I'm sure you can Google that as well. They're on Twitter, all those sort of good things. They've got their own website. It'll be the first thing that comes up when you Google them. But yeah, I sent an email to them pretty much soon after finding them. I binged through all the episodes. They're, they're absolutely brilliant. And they're going to be on the show, which I'm really happy to say. Both of, both of, yeah, both of them are going to come on um, for an early B episode. Because obviously, if they kind of wanted to do, I don't know, Outlaw Torn, which they tend to mention a lot on the show, or if they wanted to do Whiskey in the Jar, it'd be like, okay, we've got to wait three years to have you on the show. So I believe we're doing Blackened and Better Than You are the two songs. That, I mean, I mean, I know, Dave, I know you're a Blackened fan. So that is gonna my, be... probably one of my favorite metallic. Like a song that's up there. I fucking love Blackened. The intro is electric. Oh isn't it? my god! Oh my god! Just all of it, and just oh that breakdown as well. That middle. It's got a nice. You could waltz to it almost, couldn't yeah. you? Yeah, you could actually. It's terrific. You could, you could. So, um, metal up your podcast, as they say. I'm sure I'm going to be shouting these guys out throughout the podcast. They were very kind to me on the emails as well. I'm going to go on to their show. Whatever they want me to discuss, I'll be happy to go on there. You know, they do a great, great podcast. So shout out to those guys. But yeah, just before we um, get into the songs as a whole, I want to um, shout out this email as well. Seb, um, this comes from Seb Mansour. Thank you so much, Seb, for getting in contact with us. That was so, so good of you. If you want to get in contact with us, that's metallicapod at gmail.com. There's a Twitter as well if you want to mention us. Um, at Metallica Pod, you, you can reach us through there through the email. But yeah, anyway, Seb begins. Hey, just came across your podcast. I love it. Excellent analysis of the songs, and great to see someone as wild about Metallica as I am. I want to tell you about my story of seeing Metallica live and how it was all going to shit. But then the stars aligned for me to see them twice. So I was in my second year university in Montreal, and I found out Metallica was touring there. I lost my mind as I've been obsessed with them for about eight years. I'd never seen them live as I lived in Egypt. I bought my ticket six months in advance, but could only make it to the second show since the first one was sold out. I went back home to Egypt over the summer, only to find out my study permit had expired, and I missed the deadline to renew it. I could only renew from Canada, but had no way of entering the country. So when it seemed like I would never see them, literally a week before the concert, I got my permanent residency acceptance to Canada. So I made it back. And not only that, a friend calls me up before to tell me he has an extra ticket to the first show because he broke up with his girlfriend. So I got to see Metallica twice in a row, and it was super surreal seeing Metallica boys after all those years. I almost got kicked out too. That's pretty typical. Keep up the good work, man. And obviously I had to ask him, like, almost getting kicked out, what the hell happened? So we had a little email back and forth. And he said, hey... Uh, I almost got kicked out because I kept running down the steps trying to get a closer view. Eventually, security had enough of me, but I told them this was literally eight years in the making, and they found it in their heart to let me go. Needless to say, I stayed in my seat for the entire rest of the show, and he concludes, Seb, cheers, man, waiting for the Bleeding Me episode. So that was a fucking great email. Uh, thank you so good much. Good choice, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good choice. What a song, Bleeding Me as well. Love Bleeding Me. Great, great track. But um, yeah, sh- thank you again, Seb. If you want to get in touch with us, that's um, metallicapod at gmail.com. But Dave, um, this is your first time on the show. I'm sure it won't be your last. And I always ask first time guests the same thing. Where did you get into Metallica? How did it begin? I was about nine. And my sister's boyfriend, Paul, gave me a pile of CDs. Mm. He gave me uh, White Zombie. Mm. He gave me the Black Album. He gave me a Cypress Hill album, though, I think, going out like that on it. 
and he gave me some Sisters of Mercy and some Nine Inch Nails. I promptly ignored the Nine Inch Nails because the covers looked a bit art projecty, and I went right. straight for Metallica. And White Zombie, and I haven't really stopped listening since. I've got their albums. I bought their video game at one point, the Guitar Hero game. I even marked out for that. Oh right. <laughs> Seen them live. Bought the DVDs. Watched the documentaries. Bought the teeth. They're just they're the band. Metal wise, they're the band. For yeah. Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree, I agree. There's just like I said this to my friend as well recently. I'm like, they're not I know they're not like the greatest band ever, like but I but I'd love them probably more than any other band. Technically like, they're maybe not, but sonically, like yeah. for an aggressive metal band, nothing sounds more comfortable, mate. Mm-hmm. Driving to it or like walking they're just they're good. They're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're more yeah, they're more than good, but I, I get what you're saying in a sort of they just have a certain standard that's kind of irreplaceable, don't they? There's something quite satisfactory about them. And what what was your kind of so what were the CDs that he gave you? What were the albums? Uh Black Album. Oh. Uh Justice for All oh. and uh like a weird cassette tape with covers he taped off the radio because he was a big music guy, my sister's boyfriend Paul. Mm-hmm. The whole house was just full of motorbikes and music, just oh. CDs, tapes. And he eventually gave me a bunch of the tapes, and I still have them. Mm-hmm. And I still listen to the tapes over the CDs, if I'm honest. Oh, right. Okay. They've got, like, a nice nostalgic feel to them, even though they sound kind of tinny and empty. Yeah. They're nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. And I, I think with a lot of sort of musical history, you had Paul. I had my older cousin Peter. You know, you yeah. need you need that sort of. I mean, I'm not not father figure, but you know what I mean. That sort of that older authority to sort of this is good. Check this out, sort of thing. And you I know. know it sounds super stereotypical, but I genuinely I can remember being in high school, and the, the, maybe the first time somebody said something negative about my music taste, I was like, I'm never going to change it. Now. Like, if you dislike it that much, you can go and fuck yourself. <laughs> And it was just like a, a determination, like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. You've, you've got it. I mean, yeah, because what do they know? They're just trying to dismiss it for no reasons. Like, you've listened to these albums over and over. You know this sort of stuff. And, you know, and, you know, it's funny you mentioned that about trying to be different, trying to be stubborn. I'm not trying to be stubborn, Dave. I'm not trying to be different. I quite like St. Anger as an album. That's, that's, I think we've discussed this before. That's my favorite Metallica album. That your favorite album? It's really? my favorite because of the movie that goes with it and everything yeah. that accompanies it, and the way you see the band and the way the finished product came out. Outstanding album, fucking mm. terrific. I mm. challenge anyone to tell me like genuine reasons why it's bad, and don't give me this tuning stuff yeah. or the sound of the snare or oh, but Bob Rock and Phil Towel. No one gives a shit. When you push play, <laughs> it sounds fucking amazing and that's all that matters no i know i know what you mean i mean i mean literally when you push play like we're here to talk about all within my hands but frantic is a fucking phenomenal opener man that's how you open an album oh it's just it's it's one of the heaviest songs i've ever done it's just that onslaught of riffs early on like that 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 legato like that down tube like it's just caustic isn't it yeah, that's a big word, that legato. Legato, <laughs> yeah, legato. Are we, are we going to break down that word? Yeah. Well, I remember when we did the C major episode on Battle Resume, and I said arpeggio, and so, you know, I think I'm allowed one an episode, sort of my little musical... That's uh, very highbrow for yeah. a little podcast. <laughs> yeah, legato, um, I believe it's Greek or Latin, it, it literally means smoothly, and what legato is, like, you know, hammer on, hammer off. 
Like, yeah. that's all it is, really. That, that kind of that kind of fiddly little stuff there. But, it, but in, in the context of frantic, it's kind of on that low. I don't know if it's a C or a B. It's definitely down tuned. But you know, and and the thing about the thing about say anger is that that kind of annoys me in the Metallica conversation is a lot of people find it unlistable. You know what I find unlistable in Metallica? The broad vanilla blandness of the load reload era. Like you know, you. How, how was it, James? Put that when he's talking to Laura, it's some kind of monster. They sound kind of stock. Stock. Ex- yeah, stop. Exactly. Is that stop. what we're going for? Stop. Yes, yes, yes. Um, when I was watching that film, I've watched it loads and loads of times, but when he said that, what came to my mind were songs like Wasting My Hate and even Ain't My Bitch, which is okay. Fixer. They're, Fixer, like the Devil's Dance Better Than You, they're okay. Like they're just kind of like you can feel the fingers have just found very familiar patterns to make riffs from. And what, yeah. I, what I like about Say Anger is they really went, you know, completely 180 here. They really tried to do something different like you know I, I, I love Tom Waits as well and Tom Waits is similar where it's that sense of artistic reinvention I really like when bands take risks and you know I'm, I'm, I'm not you know okay Say Anger isn't my favourite album like yours I, I respect your choice like you know I, I can uh, Justice, Ride, Master you know these are ones that I enjoy more but I really respect the direction of Say Anger I think that's what I like about it too is that there's no big solos there's no grandiose like probably the biggest things that happen in the sound are the drums mm. The dr- and the drums sound really defensive across the board, from all within my hands to shoot me again. Yeah. Uh, Invisible Kid, they all have a, a really thick, like, beating sound. It's really, you just try to hammer it home. Lars is just sealing himself in, and the guitar sort of flakes it away because it's all really light picking and then into the hard riffs, and I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always appreciate it. And I like the way that their guitar riffs sound, the way Robert looks. I think that's why the <laughs> album, if you watch him, and watch the riff play him when they're playing, he moves in time with every fucking, like, up or down. Anything changes, he's moving with it like a spider. It's yeah. beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get onto this in future episodes, uh, you know, but what are, you, what are your thoughts on Robert uh, as, as kind of bass player of Metallica at the moment? He was in Suicidal Tendencies as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah, he was. What more can you ask for? True, 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 true. There, and... there's, your, there's your qualification right there. Great band, great bass player, <clears throat> great musical history great connections and great technical player yes phenomenal to watch physically you know fucking monster on stage yeah oh yeah, yeah. Has his own style hasn't changes and he's adapted with the band and brought them to a harder style i feel and i really like it mm-hmm. and i like him Yes, yeah. I, I mean, we we were speaking the other day, weren't we, about um, Tony Hawk's games? Yes. And uh, isn't Psycho Vision from Suicide Attention on Tony Hawk's One, which is Psycho a fucking... Vision is amazing. What a song! I love Psycho Vision. He yeah. always had the hat on too, with the peak turned up, with like the viral logo he'd done himself. Mm, so mm. DIY, it was mm, hard. Mm. And there's some great scenes on some kind of monster with Robert as well, where he like auditions and they play Battery. <laughs> like that's the first yes. song they play, which is just and he plays it with his fingers and it's crazy. And I mean. You know, another thing that I really like about Say Anger as well, the cover, I think it has great album artwork. I think the cover's not dated either. No, no, it's not. All the albums that came out around the time, like the whole new metal era, they were all really not marketed well. They were all like high color and lots of different colors. Look, this is just that red hand and an orange background. It's like shackled by barbed wire. Mm. That's what's happening to this. Mm -hmm. And that's what's coming. And that's what's start to finish with the whole album yeah yeah the cover always reminded me and i don't know if this is because like i spent a lot of time in churches i went to roman catholic school of stained glass yeah it looks like a stained glass window doesn't yeah, it yeah 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 it kind of kind of has very that. easily or a, a large you know those the filigree around the letters and bibles so you get all that detail yeah. for no reason 
yeah <laughs> what a waste of ink yeah but uh no no yeah that it definitely does and um just on the cover of the album um it was brian uh pushhead schroeder that designed the album cover and the interior artwork for saint anger um pushhead uh pushied i hope i pronounced that right um this is from the wikipedia designed a number of items for metallica in the past including liner artwork for injustice for all several single covers many t-shirts however saint anger marks his first studio album cover artwork for the band originally according to metallica's official website four different limited color variations of the cover were planned but the idea was eventually scrapped um but but yeah it is just um it's a, i remember that wasn't that a metallica club thing like yeah. your old fan club it was an exclusive yeah yeah the met club yeah i think yeah. Like, like sort of like a you know like a different tones of it i want to see green was there but yeah. i may be wrong but i'm, I'm thinking I, as far as i can remember because i was big into metal at the time honestly it was a green one a red one and I can't remember. Mine's gone blank. Yeah, yeah. You can sort of, you can sort of imagine it almost like an Andy Warhol sort of thing. Yeah. Like you know, there would definitely be different kind of alternative variations on it. Yeah, I've actually just got it up on Google now. Yeah, there was um there was a white. So there's the original one. Then there's kind of like almost like a faded of the original. And the two variations was the one that was yellow and purple. Ooh. which was which was definitely very different and then there was one that was kind of a more sort of gray and blue kind of version of that so i mean maybe there was a, maybe there was a green one. Oh, i've just on google now and i've seen a version that is um it's almost like wolverine's claws coming out the hand which is, which is kind of like a fun little kind of you know fan interpretation yeah yeah nice 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 not, not bad and instead of instead of metallica it says adamantium kind of in the uh in the letters which is uh which is, i buy that as a poster yeah yeah it's years nice. ago it's my nice. dad and um i was doing a bit of uh, research as well had martin pop off on the show in fact the next episode of the podcast i recorded already which is am i evil um, martin is a uh, canadian journalist who's written many books about metallica awesome to have him on and i was reading his book um am i evil and basically there's a quote here that basically says from kirk about like uh, sorry, his book about Metallica, where the quote, where the name Saint Anger and Kirk says, quote, the name Saint Anger actually came from a Saint Christopher medal I was wearing one day. I was showing James on the flip side. It had a little surfer and the words come back, something a surfer's always concerned about. Out of nowhere, James said Saint Anger. And I said, wow, that's a great title. When it became the time to write the lyrics, we all sat around and talked about how anger is both a positive and negative thing. And the message of the song, this being Saint Anger, is that anger gets a bad rap. It's important for you to vocalize how you feel. And again, like the cover art, I think the title Saint Anger it's, it's a great timeless title I really like the, the title when I initially heard it it stands out too and when you look at the lyrical content in the album to go with the artwork I think it fits it perfectly mm. it's the hat that matches the shoes it gives you the whole outfit it's right there and mm-hmm. it's all you need yeah oh god oh god yeah and just before we dig into the song i thought you know it's many many great interviews about say anger and about the aesthetic of say anger because it is quite a shocking thing for any fans especially long-term metallica fans to encompass and i think lars sums it up very well here he says quote if it's not your cup of tea it's not your cup of tea certainly i can see that it's a challenging record the main thing really was after a while we started getting to the pummeling of it and initially when we put it together i knew that the songs were quite long they were a bit longer than i tended to be initially when i was editing them i was editing them a little longer because i always edit longer and then i shorten as we go along one element that started greatly appealing to us about what was going on was the pummeling effect of it and the beating you were taking as you were listening to it as we went to some junctures about it um as we as we went to some junctures about it we thought let's make the songs shorter we decided actually to leave them long because we thought there was a beauty in the pummeling effect it was like we could beat you up for five minutes and we could beat you up for eight minutes we'll beat you up for eight minutes instead Put you well, yeah when you look at it from a musician's point of view like a boxer would you want to knock someone out with one 
punch or would you want to display your skills and just jab man up for 12 rounds and leave mm-hmm. my best mm-hmm. like he'll never forget that you know <laughs> yeah 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 no say anger definitely definitely stays with you and, and yeah Lars just wraps up we want to beat you up for eight minutes put you through the ringer as much as possible and that was really where the album came from as we went along we realized we were making a pretty challenging record but it was so much fun and now we get to um all within my hands which i think it's quite interesting the first say anger song we get to is the actual final song of say anger this is the closing track and fair to say dave this is quite a pummeling number is it not it's long for an outro track from metallica yeah like i think it comes in at 848 it's yeah it's it's the it's the there's two eight minute songs on say anger the other one being invisible kid and this is the actual longest song on the album the intro of this starts very similarly to shoot me again it's got this really fluttering like a strum really light just rattling over it with a little bit of feedback and then you get that blast of the snare from lars and it doesn't stop even on the light parts of the song his snare is constantly going just tap 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 the character beat never stops it's relentless mate mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really good and if you take the drum sound like we said earlier it sounds kind of stock on the older albums this album has that drum sound that people don't like uh, i have a mate yeah. who thinks lars's snare Sounds like one of those, ironically Danish, you know those biscuit tins that are blue? Right. The sugar <laughs> yeah. cookies? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You hit that with a spoon, it sounds like Lars' snare, and it does, and it's quite funny. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I enjoy it on this. I do, I do. Like, I... It's got a really good, thick sound. It, it does, it does. There's a, and like, to, I mean, to, to get onto the drum sound as well, it does kind of sound like a tin shed sort of thing. And yeah. um, I sent you a link recently of a guy who sort of redid, say, Anger with proper rock instrumentation and drums. But it almost makes it heavier to me that it's lighter, like, weaker drums, if you know what I mean. It gives it that kind of, like, that backyard feel. That kind yeah, of. Yeah, like that garage, like, down mix we haven't finished yet, but look yeah. what we've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like a common a common thing about people labeling Metallica in this era is saying, oh, they're new metal. You know, they've got that kind of new metal thing. And I think you can't really deny in that intro the kind of you have that open cocked wah pedal, which doesn't really uh-huh. do much, but it but it works. It's kind of quite sinister. And then just an opening minute of just, just down tuned riffage. You know what I mean? It, it, it's quite irresistible. That's what you're looking for from a Metallica album though, at that time frame. If you put yourself back to, what was that, like around 2003, yep, 2002? Yep. All the other bands were galloping riffs. They all wanted to be Iron Maiden, but dropped to C and D on really low-quality instruments. Like, new metal, technically and sonically, was garbage. Yep. Like, it still is. It's good to listen to, and it's still fun. I like yep. pop punk. I like all sorts. But this, this was like when your dad... Like, you know, if you like, if you have a hobby... And your dad likes a hobby, and he shows you how to do it properly. That's <laughs> yeah. what this feels like. They're all like, "Yeah, spine shank, new disease." Metallic, like, no, this is how this is how this is done. Yeah, like yeah. if you're going to take out the solo and you're going to bridge and have an actual chorus and have a song this is how you do it mm-hmm. and you can't argue with their execution no no it's flawless really it's it's just kind of you know it is a very simple open string kind of thing but the way the drums kicking the way it pauses the way it picks up tempo and goes in and out in and out it has a very yeah. you know crumbly kind of dirt under the nails kind of thing and it, the pace gets up and then it goes back into that kind of clean little thing and you know almost new metal as well and just james kind of sings oh within my hand just kind of quite simply over the top yeah. and you have kind of two 
riffs. You have what I imagine is James's riff, which is that quite kind of, you know, chalky sort of... Yeah, it's really crunchy. Like yeah, yeah very crunchy. And then you have Kirk, who's kind of doing a much higher pitch, kind of searching, kind of similar to the wah that opened it. And it kind of, you know, moves in and out. And then those drums come in and then he starts to sing. And like, I'm trying to work out lyrically what the song is actually about. It seems to almost well, have this kind of sexual possession element. You know, it's very much about... See, I was thinking that. Yeah. I thought it was a really sexual thing. And then I watched Some Kind of Monster. And there's like uh, accompaniments to Some Kind of Monster on Netflix now. It's called a season of it. It's like little updates. Oh, right. Shit. Like a 30 or 40 minute thing you can watch after it. So I watched it all. And I got the impression watching them record the album and then going back and listen to it all with it in my hand that Lars's drums sound really defensive. Mm. Like he's barricading them in there, like I said earlier. He's like, no, this is what we're doing. I like this. I'm driving. We're going to do this. And James, when you look at the documentary too, he's still unsure. And it's like, you know, love is control. If I die, I'll let go. Hate me now. Kill it all in, within my hands type of thing. To me, I think he's singing about the band. Right. Like, you don't let me control it. It's fucked. It's going to Paul. And Lars is over there like hammering. Like, no, it's my way. We're going my way. We're doing it my way. Yeah. And come to a massive massive impact in the middle of the film in the middle of the album yeah yeah and they work through it and the album shows that i found yeah yeah maybe I, it's just me no I, I love that analysis i think i think that's great actually i think that sort of makes sense and you kind of the, the song has such ramps in energy like the verses are quite mellow really you know james yes. like oh with it. he kind of almost spoken it sort of thing and then when the riff goes like, oh with it, my, he you know, screeches oh, he had a screech to him and I, the more searching uh, Kirk's riff becomes searching's a great word because he's mm. in the background of the mm-hmm. whole process mm-hmm. just flirting around as he comes into higher gear in the album and in this song James just lets go like he lets out oh. of screeching yeah, yeah, from the, the pit of his gut I mean, I mean like you know we'll get onto the later sections like when he's screaming yeah. kill 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 um, mm-hmm. like this is probably the most primal I've ever heard James on record Yes, but what can you do? My band were falling apart. They had Bob Rock there trying to be the bass player and give executive <laughs> producer decisions. That, you that, got Phil Towel. Yeah, yeah. And the back and going, perhaps this is a decision we need to make as a band. And he's looking at, at James Hetfield is a big dude, right? Mm-hmm. He's in dungarees looking at this old man just going like, fuck you. And you can see his forearm veins. He's vascular. He wants to smash that man yeah. and he can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've yeah. seen that. I've aggravated my dad a million times as a, as a child. And you see that look in someone's eyes, like, I'm going to squeeze your head until there's no head left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he couldn't get out. And as the song goes on and the album, like you said, I think he gets it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, I- that's where he comes out for him. And I think if you are putting forward this this argument that kind of the, the you know, the, what the protagonist is working towards is the <clears> idea of Metallica as a whole. I think love is control. I'll die if I let go. Yep. You know, and it, which is it's kind of tragic in a sense when, you know, it's kind of building and building to that. And then one of the highlights of the songs for me is that that riff. Do, 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 you know, yeah. real, that sludgy. It's so bluesy. Oh, yeah. Alice in Chains-esque, I felt in a certain it sense. Really, I think it sounds like Crowbar and Alice in Chains had a yeah. baby kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's a really good riff. It's really bluesy. It is, it is, it is completely a very, I mean, Metallica are kind of kings of doing simple riffs, but this is a really, I mean, the, this whole album really has, you know, very new metal kind of, think of System of Down, for example, the riffs are very, very basic, experimental. But, yeah, yeah. And, but then I love, I love, like, how over that bend, he's like going, hate me now. And, like, kill all within my hands is kind of coming on the thing. And then, like, it's not James about his character, and he's like, ooh. Yeah, he gets in those, ooh, yeah. Ass. Yeah. And it's just like I don't know how people can't love this song. I think this is a fucking great number. Like really, really, really strong song here, and the lyrics are really good as well. Um, you know, quite simple as well. But I really like "Let You Run, Then I'll Pull Your Leash." 
that's quite good. Yeah, yeah. And it's just that's, like... the dog. Hold on. I've saved them in my notes. I saved the lyrics and something else. Who's getting them up? No, get them up. Get them up, man. Just, yeah, uh... Uh, there was the. Hold on, just like pre-second chorus, he has the squeeze all within my hands, choke all within my hands, hate me now, trap all within my hands, trap, yeah. hurry up and hate me now. Like he wants it, he, hurry he up, wants yeah. the confrontation, yeah. like come on. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the actual the actual phrase, all within my hands, becomes like, yeah. you know, a kind of uh, a mantra throughout the song. 24 times he says that phrase which okay it's an eight minute song but it's still very very and that riff i just can't get over the riff it's giant like it's It's, a lot of people feel it's wasted on the track i have a mate who hates this track specifically doesn't Mm. like it doesn't enjoy it doesn't want it yeah but i think it's it's all you really need from the song when you look at the lyrics written down if you read them before you listen to it not what you're expecting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially if you think this is a metallica song you're expecting something colossal but it's really it starts really gentle and gets really manic it do, yeah it really really does and the song has um a certain playful element as well i'm thinking in kind of the pre-chorus you know when the guitar's really clinky it's like burner, and then it gets heavy again like yeah, that's when Lars's kick drums like his feet sound like they're in bear traps like trying to shake him free it's like tap tap it's so good dude yeah, yeah, it is, it is. This is a great, great track. He really, like, James sounds fantastic on this. He really gives it some mustard. And we kind of, you know, the song is quite a long song, so we kind of get our sort of verse chorus sort of thing twice. And then it kind of goes down. And then we get quite a generic, I don't mean that in a bad way, but you know the sort of riff that we get, that sort yeah. of, that riff that sort of pulls it back. That's quite a fun riff. And then we go back into the sort of, the whole mayhem of the song as well. And kind of, I guess, a bridge as well, like, I'll die if I'll let go, control is love, love is like control sort of thing. Very angry the mania kind of ramping up here and then just that like i love when his voice breaks like it's like love is control like it's yeah pain there's he hasn't really put in a lot of post production on his elements like no. the drums have some layering and stuff but the vocals are really raw and i really enjoy that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a really brave move from a metal vocalist at his age yeah. at that time to just be like no we're doing it this way this is the way it sounds and it's good yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and I, I can't remember correctly, Tom, mm-hmm. but I've narrowed it down. I think the riff you're talking about, it was either on, he either played that riff on Rusty, which is his mid 2000s Gibson Explorer, and it has the pickups from his old EMG and stuff, right. or this 1973 custom Les Paul he has, oh. which he used on the St. Anger Studios and live stuff. It's yeah. uh, it's like 1973 ish, mm-hmm. and it's got mm-hmm. these really nice EMG 81 over 60 pickups in it, and it's really light. He said yeah. it lightened. Yeah. Because yeah. apparently he didn't like a heavy guitar, which you can't blame him. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I mean, I adore the guitar sound on this track, on Say Anger. It just, it's, I mean, you can really go through and sort of point out various Metallica tones that they had as well. Kind of the heavy crushing of Black Album, the more scooped Ride the Lightning, the sort of blueser, E-flat minor, load, reload sort of stuff. But I love that kind of just unheralded Say Anger stuff. It just, it plays into that sense of therapy that the songs have. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, and at the end as well, when the drums get a bit more stern and kind of build up, and James is literally just screaming, "Kill!" Like, kill, yeah, kill, 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 screaming, kill. kill. Oh, just kill. That's all he's screaming. Like, that, that's how the album ends. He's that's just, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, just do it. That's the thing. That's what I love about "All Within My Hands" as well. It begins with that kind of open string riff, and there's not much yeah. going on. It's kind of formless. It kind of gets legs, and it ends with him just screeching the word "kill." Oh, it's man. And the song threatens to conclude as well, and then it kind of has like a kind of. Dun, dun, 
no, you know, kind of like almost. It's got like a reprise. Yeah, it's got like a reprise. And yeah, 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 yeah. And then it ends with just sort of feedback and just just kind of nothingness, kind of hovering out of the song. It's just there's such a vicious menace to all within my hands. Well, yeah, the the riff sort of bubbles over mm. like water in a pot, and when it gets to the brim, instead of hitting the gas and sizzling, you just hear the riff come through, and it gets heavier and heavier. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. um, what's that part? It's uh just after I think it's the second chorus. When it starts to starts to pick up again with that riff, you were just humming, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It gets harder, it gets faster, like it, and it's just driving the whole thing home. But the drums start losing traction for me. Like the drums start going on their own beat. It's a little different from the song, mm-hmm. and I start paying attention to them. But by the time I realised, riffs back in, yeah, and it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind Beautiful of misdirection as it, well. Yeah, yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah, it seems to be going off on its own path with sort of doing something a bit different with the bridge. And then with that main riff and the main sort of chorus, it anchors you back into the song as well. It kind of gives you a bit of steady ground to gather yourself before yeah. we get the kill, kill, kill section. Which, which I mean, like, you know, obviously we're going to be going through the entire Metallica discography. Maybe there's a song out there where James sounds, uh, you know, more savage than this. But I'm gonna, I think I'm going to struggle to find it. I think, I think it kind of makes sense at the closer of say anger is this sheer release of him and you know love is control just i mean all of this song is so good the false ending all the way it moves and i don't know if you notice this actually i only noticed this literally today i was walking home i had this really loud in my headphones and i realized that at the very end of the song you can hear lars talking yeah he's like i don't know if he's explaining like they need to go over something or do you can hear him audibly come through as saying something yeah yeah maybe From- he's pointing out like that's the take Yes, yes, yes. From what I've from what I've written down, listened to it a few times, it's quite unclear. He either says that was punk rock or that fucking rocked, and then he says really good, man. So obviously, yeah, he is probably talking about the take, which is a crazy take, like fucking hell. Like, have you have you seen the um? Because when they released Sanger, they did like a sort of live from the studio accompaniment of them yeah, playing. Yeah, is that the Presidio in yes. San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Fucking great! Like, like they give Terrific. a really good performance of this, and it's kind of a shame actually, Dave, because um, on Metallic, I'll always quote from Metallica.com. They have a brilliant archive of kind of where they play songs. All within my hands has only been performed twice live. What? Yep, and both times, this is on October 27th, 2007, October 28th, 2007, was part of the, something that Metallica always plays, the kind of bridge school benefit, which is kind of like a Neil Young endorsed kind of charity concert. And they played, they played an acoustic version of it, and it's, it's cool, like, it's good, you can, you can listen to it on YouTube. Like, play all within what my was, hands? What was the other song they didn't play for a long time, the one that was just basically an instrumental, the name, uh, Thing That Should Not Be? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From from Master, yeah, they haven't played. Yeah, they only played that a couple of times, and then they started breaking out in the later years. So I think it's been played like three or four times the last couple yeah, of I years. Yeah, I think I think I think ultimately Metallica are a band of the people, and they realise that that maybe not the majority, but there's this consensus that oh fuck, say anger, it was a misstep. You resurrected it with Death Magnetic, whatever. So they don't really play those songs anymore. But um, yeah. you know, I would love to see it all within my hands come out there. I mean, you know, it is it, like. I, I was scared, actually, because I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm doing a song an episode. I'm going to listen to the song loads before each episode. You know, am I going to eventually love every song? Because I listen to it so much rock home syndrome, if you will. Um, but, but, but I, I, you know, there's a couple of songs that I've listened to off Hardwired that I'm like, nah, I just don't like this. I can't learn to like this. So with all my hands, I can be, you know, genuinely say I think this is a great track. Um, you know, from St. Anger. Like, what, what else from St. Anger do you really dig, man? Do you put up I this? think it sounds, hold on. Shoot me, yeah, I'm going over the lyrics to shoot me again in my head. I'm like humming it. The only thing that I can couple with the ferociousness of the screaming kill is the part in uh, 
I think it's Shoot Me Again, where he's just screaming, enough's enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, enough's enough. He starts getting harder and harder, and you hear his voice breaking and cracking, and you hear his diaphragm expand. He's going for it. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of that's similar to his screeching, but it's from the same album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but oh yeah, no, it's all there, yeah. The album as a whole, I found the best way to take this song in, because I really like this song, but I don't want to listen to it 20 times and bore myself. Mm. So I listened to the album backwards, starting with it. Then forwards and ended oh, nice. with it. Nice, nice, and nice. I listened to the song before it twice, and then it twice, and sort of seen how it played off. And it's still really, just it's so unique for mm. a Metallica song. Mm. It stands out. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, great achievement. Like you know, I, I love, I love all within my hands, and you know. Clearly, we do too. We spent a lot of time talking about this track, but it's a yes. fucking great, great track. And I want to urge people: please comment below on the YouTube. Please get in touch with us uh, at Metallica. And listen to it. Listen to more music. Yeah. Listen to Metallica. Yeah. Listen to covers of Metallica. Listen yeah, yeah. Everyone. I wonder if there is a "All Within My Hands" cover. I mean, they tend to cover the more classic. Maybe. Well, maybe. Metallica, maybe. Metallica. Yeah, That's of a course. Beatles band, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're fucking. They might have done it. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll know about that. But yeah, get in touch with the show, MetallicaPodGmail.com. All that good stuff. Get in touch with us as well. Also, metal up your podcast. As I said before, check those guys out. If you if you listen to the show, Alpha Metallica, and you want some more Metallica podcast based stuff, they've probably got about twenty hours of content there. You can check it all out. They've done fantastic nice. work. Yeah, I mean, Dave, check out check out metal up. Yeah, check it out, man. From 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 man to man, I'm urging you as well as to all the I listeners will, the as well. The second we're finished with this, I'll move on to that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just this seamless transition into it's all things Metallica. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's all good. That's all good. So um, check them out. Subscribe to us. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well if you fuck with the show. Subscribe to us as well. Um, Dave, it has been a delight, man, checking, ch- chatting Metallica with you. Um, as, as Once always. again, it was too. Yeah, yeah, as always, good stuff. But um, guys, thank you so much. Subscribe, as I say. Check out All of My Hands. We will be ne- back next week. Uh, I'm with Martin Popoff, the Canadian journalist who's written many books on Metallica, as I say. We had Hi, a- Martin. Yeah, we had a great, great chat um, discussing the Diamond Head cover, Am I Evil? That was awesome, awesome. And then I'll be back the week after doing Am I Savage? I haven't got a guest settled for that, but I'm sure I'll get someone in, do it myself, maybe, who knows. But Dave, this has been great, man. Thank you, bro. Wonderful time, man. Thanks for having me again. And do email them and let them know what you're thinking, because the more you let them know, the more episodes we're going to get, and quicker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're fun to listen to. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Thank you, man. (laughs) 